0: Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in First John, the, the letter or the epistle, First John. We were ready to read chapter 4. Last time we had read chapter 3. Now at the end of chapter 3, um, John was reminding us that the one who habitually keeps his commandments, you know, the Lord's commandments, obeying his word and following his His uh, precepts, remains in him, and he in him, Jesus the Lord in us. By this we know and have proof that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us, which is the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a, as a gift from, you know, the Lord to help guide us. So... That was the end of chapter 3, now we're ready for chapter 4. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Beloved, do not believe every spirit speaking through a self-proclaimed prophet. Instead, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets and teachers have gone out into the world. Now, this just immediately, John just gets right to it, you know, Don't believe everybody and everything they say. I mean, that's basically what we're getting at. Um, We need to follow. When we're following along with our preachers and our teachers, we need to pay attention and follow along with them in the Bible. And it's not that we don't love and trust them or care about them, but anyone can be mistaken or make a mistake or have an error and we certainly want to catch that if there is something like that. We don't want to let um, erroneous teaching go on. So it's just something we want to be aware of. Now there are people too who teach falsely on purpose. And I I don't understand that so I can't speak to that. But there again we want to be aware and not fall prey or or be trapped by such false teaching. By this you know and recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus Christ has actually come in the flesh as a man is from God. God is its source, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus, acknowledging that he has come in the flesh, but would deny any of the Son's true nature, is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. So here, John makes that distinction. You know you're talking to a fellow brother Christian if they believe that Jesus, if they believe in Jesus, that he's the son of God, that he came to earth, that he died and rose again and he is sitting at the right hand of the father, that he is our savior and our salvation. If they believe that, then you know you're talking to a Christian even if other things they have in error. Yes, they may be misguided, they may have other thoughts or beliefs that are incorrect, but we can know that they are at least trying and they are at least on the right path if they believe that much, if they understand and know that much then it's time, if they haven't been baptized, it's time to baptize them. If they've been baptized, then it's just time to come together with them and teach and talk and, you know, that kind of thing. Okay? They may have some things that are wrong. They may have some things. They may know something that you don't know. You can always learn something from other people. You never know what you're going to learn from someone else. So just be aware of that. Try to keep an open heart and mind. In that sense, in that you're willing to at least listen and judge it out through the scriptures, you know. And then if it's not true, fine, that's cool. But if it is true, then we'll be willing to accept, it, even if it steps on our toes. That that that's correct. Nonetheless, if the person is denying Jesus, denying that Christ is the Son of God, denying that He was. Um, that he died and was raised raised again; that he was resurrected, and he's at the right hand of God. And and maybe they don't even believe in God, but nonetheless, that is the spirit of the Antichrist, and that is from Satan. That is from evil. That is just from evilness. Even though the person, um, the person may just be a normal person, just a normal human being. You know, just, they're just not saved, and they don't believe, and they don't know. But, nonetheless, that spirit is from the evil one, from Satan. And that's uh, blinded their eyes. It's deceived them into believing, or into not believing Jesus, but or into believing other things. Alright, but he's primarily talking about false teachers. I do want to make sure we know that. And false prophets and false teaching. So I'm going to move on. I just... You know, I, I feel like this is a very important thing. So, um, Little children, believers, dear ones, you are of God and you belong to him and have already overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who is in you is greater than he, Satan, who is in the world of sinful mankind. Now, sometimes the Amplified kind of messes up our quote that we're used to because I'm used to, you know, um, uh, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. I'm just used to that, but the Amplified adds some stuff to try to make that more clear. So, um, in this case, it kind of messes up our our quote. But nonetheless, they who teach twisted doctrine are of the world and belong to it. Therefore, they speak from the viewpoint of the world with its immoral freedom and baseless theories, demanding compliance with their opinions and ridiculing the values of the upright. And the gullible one of the world listens closely and pays attention to them. Now, this to me, if we read this... um. Correctly, they are of the world and belong to it. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens closely and pays attention to them. See, they. This is what we see in today's society a lot. We see this in the world where uh, people <coughs> who are of the world, who don't believe in God and the Lord, they're they're teaching they're teaching the worldly things and they just they just go in this cir- um circular logic you know it's just this this circular logic that really doesn't take you anywhere it's really empty and it doesn't mean anything but to them they say their circular logic proves out and means something like all oh, you know whatever whatever it is in politics that they're fussing for they want that and it's just selfish and they just want that for themselves they don't you know, it's to a point where they don't care about anyone else. They're not fighting for something for other people. They're just wanting something for themselves, and that happens a lot. But anyway, this uh, this is in more in line, I think, with the spirit of the Antichrist in the world. In that the people in the world, they've already bought into that. They don't believe in the Lord. They believe in this, in this other. Well, they believe in these other things. I mean, some people believe in science. Some people believe in rock crystals. Some people believe in nature. You know, they worship the creation or the theories of man rather than God. And that's, you know, and that's bad. And then people, and here it says, and the gullible of the world, they listen closely and pay attention. And, And we do see that too. We see a lot of people who are unfortunately... Gullible, and they buy into that. They believe the the anti-Christian stuff, where people say all oh, Christians are hypocritical. They're they're the cause of wars, and they've killed millions of people, and all this. And then they don't see, you know. Then that's how they see Christianity is in that negative light. And then they see or look at these other things as positive things, um, even though. We know that these other things are bad for you and bad for them. Um, Still, they pay close attention to these other things, believing in these other things. Believing in, like, man's theories and science and believing in nature and rocks and trees and things of that nature. Things of that nature, you know, more and more nature. All right. We who teach God's word are from God, energized by the Holy Spirit, and whoever knows God through personal experience listens to us and has a deeper understanding of Him, of God. Whoever is not of God does not listen to us. By this we know, without any doubt, the spirit of truth motivated by God and the spirit of error motivated by Satan. We can easily tell the difference between those who are of God and those who are not—it's that simple. He calls it the spirit of error, um, which that's probably a good way to say it, because for some people it is just an error. It's not that they are intentionally wrong; they are just in error. You know, it's not like they want to be against God and against Christians. It's just they are—they are in error. They believe things wrongly. So, And then some Christians believe things wrongly. Some Christians believe okay, I'm just going to say this like this and you have to understand where I'm coming from, but some Christians believe in the very leftist ideas that are immoral and wrong. They believe it's okay to murder children, to murder babies. They, they believe that's alright. Now there's not a lot of them, I don't think, but there are some. I, I've I've ran into some who believe it's okay. So, um, And it's getting more and more easy and convenient. Um, in our society with uh, the medical advances that we've had, it's getting more and more to where we won't know. There won't be any way to uh, control it um, legally because there's just going to be pills that people are going to take and, and and murder those babies so they will like starve to death in the womb or be kicked out kind of a forced miscarriage and um, that's what's coming it's really already here but it's not as widespread as it probably will be and so you know unless unless that medicine unless that is made illegal in some manner that's probably going to be something that's just going to happen and there's not going to be a lot we can do about it it will just be individuals moral choice and so what we have to do in that case is really try to teach and Hope and pray that others will see the light of the Lord and, and follow that moral uh, obligation to preserve life. But uh, we're at that point now where I'm not sure that we're going to be able to do much about it legally. I still hope that we can, but I, I did not realize we were so far advanced in these medicines that nowadays. You can just do those peels and not worry about it. So, Alright, and I'm not talking about like a morning after peel. I'm really just talking about you can take this peel even a couple of months down the road. So, um, I wasn't aware that was such a possibility. So, I'm just mentioning it. I read about it here. And assuming what I read was accurate, assuming what I read was accurate, which I thought it was, then, you know, that's that's where we are. Alright, I'm going to continue on. Verse 7. Beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. The one who does not love, who has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. He is the originator of love, and it is an enduring attribute of his nature." By this the love of God was displayed in us, in that God has sent his one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique, the w- only one of his kind, into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be The propitiation, propitiation, sorry, I do have trouble with that sometimes. That is the atoning sacrifice. So he sent Jesus to be that atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering for our sins, fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placating his wrath. In other words, Jesus, by being that atoning sacrifice, he satisfied God's need for justice. You know what? For our sins. So, he has justified us with God so that there's no need for God to enact any punishment for justice because of Jesus' sacrifice. Beloved, if God so loved us in this incredible way, now, yeah, the point is he did this before any of us you know, before, while we were sinners, He did this. Was all done before. Well, before we existed in a lot of cases, but also, you know, this has been enacted, and and this has been available, and it was done when we were, you know, we were sinners when we were not a part of God's family. So He did it for us, regardless, because He loved us. So beloved, if God so loved us in this incredible way, we also ought to love one another. God and the Lord are are our example we should definitely love and care for others, for one another and not just Christians and not just our congregation not just our family but everyone because that's how God and the Lord are they love and care about everyone and we need to make sure that we realize that and we're carrying through with that no one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another with unselfish concern, God abides in us, and his love, the love that is his essence abides in us, and is completed and perfected in us. By this we know with confident assurance that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his Holy Spirit. So if we love one another and watch out for one another and care for one another like we should, then we will know that we are in God and God is in us. Because that love, God's love, that unselfish love, that, I will tell you from my own experience, that does not come from me. That comes from the Lord, the Holy Spirit, God in me. That does not come from me. That doesn't come from man. We are selfish Petty individuals. I'm just <laughs> going to spell it out. That's what, that's what we tend to be, especially on our own. Only with the Lord can we really be this way and, and enact this, this type of love. We who were with him in person, now he spot, John is talking about himself and the apostles. We who were with him in person have seen and testify as eyewitnesses that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses and acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Now notice that. Whoever confesses and acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Now, those are Christian people. Even if they may have some other teachings and other minor things wrong, they may be in error in other ways, but they're not purposefully, okay? They're not purposefully in error. Now, notice the difference. But they think our, our, our Christian brothers could still have errors and have erroneous beliefs, but still be Christians, still be trying and learning. So, you know, we want to make sure we're not too judgmental on each other. You know, we want to give each other a break and, and try to help one another and, and teach one another. We have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep consistent faith the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides continually in him. So notice that continually in him that is an ever present always continuous thing. In this union and fellowship with him Love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face Him because as He is, so are we in this world. Now, I'm going to have to say that me having boldness to face God is going to be a little difficult. It's not that I don't trust Him. It's just that I don't trust me to be good enough to really stand (laughs) and face God. Okay, So, only due to the Lord will I be able to past judgment at all so that's that's it that's so but still I understand what they're saying and they are correct you know so that we can have confidence that that the Lord through the Lord we, we will be able to face the judgment and we will be able to pass through the judgment because of God's love and and this the sacrifice that Jesus made for us so that is absolutely correct regardless of how I might feel myself you know, there is no fear in love dread does not exist that is just a plain statement there is no fear in love and this is a good this is a good verse and i have trouble with this so there is no fear in love dread does not exist but perfect complete full-grown love drives out fear because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment so the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. So see, I, I must still have some little problem with this because I try not to be you know afraid of that. I just don't feel like that I as a person am very good. I just feel like Jesus, the Lord will have to <laughs> have to see me through that. Um, but anyway, But perfect love drives out fear, because fear involves punishment, so the one who is afraid is not perfected in love. Now see, I usually read it like that, without all the extras that the Amplified puts in. And uh, that's the way most versions read. Now the Amplified does add some things about being afraid of God's judgment, and such. So... And he did just speak about judgment, so I do believe that is part of how this sentence is supposed to mean. There's no fear in love, because he had just talked about we'll be, we will have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown in a sufficient understanding of God's love. So that this makes sense in the context of the previous sentence. You know, what the Amplified has added. We love because He first loved us. Right. Now this is kind of a contrast. We love God because He first loved us for all that He has done for us. But He loved us when we were not doing anything good. When we, you know, he still loved us, so it's just something that's. On the one hand, it's a great statement in that we do love God, but it's because He first loved us, and that's that's not really an extreme negative, but it is a little bit of a contrast to show the difference between us and God. God is 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 better than us, just plain plainly stating that. If anyone says I love God and hates and that they have works against his Christian brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So here he's saying, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So here, again, it's kind of, you know, working us over and telling us how we need to love and care about one another. Now, in the Amplified here, it does specify Christian brother. I'm not sure, I haven't seen that in other translations, but I haven't looked at every translation, to be fair. I always have taken this as, if we hate others, we shouldn't hate others. We should be like Jesus and like God, we shouldn't hate others. We should want them to come to know salvation And we should love and care about them, so we can't hate them. So I can't. I don't think this involves just Christians, though. um, In what he's talking about here, and it's unclear if that would necessarily be just Christians. I think. I think we should not be hating our brothers, our fellow people. Period. So if anyone says, "I love God and hates his brother," he is a liar, because how can you hate? this other person whom you should feel you should feel some um, what's the word uh, empathy for, you should feel and and understand that they too are here and that they're in a lot of the same position, they're suffering a lot of the same things we should definitely be feeling that empathy and um, loving and caring about them and wanting the best for them and I, I really believe it doesn't matter if they're a Christian or not we should still feel that way that's I, I, I don't see how we could be a Christian if we didn't feel that way. So so if we don't have that love for one another, we certainly would not have that love for God because we wouldn't see or know God really. He's already stated previously, if we don't have love, we, we don't know God anyway. So because we don't understand. And then maybe that's the problem. Maybe sometimes we think we do, but we just don't understand that thank God is love, and he wants us to have that type of love, that unselfish type of caring for everyone. Because that's what he does, and that's how he has been, and the way he has acted on our behalf. Okay. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also unselfishly love his brother and seek the best for him. Now this this is plain and simple. In this commandment we have from Him, that the one who loves God should also love His brother and seek the best for him. Isn't that what Jesus told us? Love God, and love your neighbor. Love, love others. So, and that's also that's I mean that's what God has said as well. So it's, um, I think. Uh, I think Jesus was trying to tell them that, hey, this is nothing new. You know, if you look back, and I'm not trying to make fun of it, but I'm just saying if you look at the Gospels, I think Jesus is just trying to say, look, guys, this is nothing new. Um, I can quote you the scriptures from way back when, you know, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, so I think. I, Sometimes I know he had to get a little firm with people and a little rough with people to get them to listen. But I mean, I think he was telling them, look, this is nothing new. We've we've already had this conversation. We're just having the same conversation again. I'm stressing to you the importance of these same things. And here John is in a large way. Now, I know he also talked about testing the spirits and making sure that uh, you know we didn't follow false teaching. But he's reinforcing the good teaching of the Lord here the you know the last um, let's see from verse 7 down to verse 21 so the last two-thirds or more well, about two-thirds I guess um, of this is all about reinforcing what Jesus has has taught us. Taught. He taught them and he's passing that on to us so it's very important I believe that we pay attention to this and that we pay attention to the idea of caring about others and uh, having a very unselfish attitude in caring about others. I can't believe that there's other than caring about God and loving God I can't see anything else that's much more important. And if we do care about God then we're going to care about his other children, our other siblings, our other brothers and sisters. Um, Even if they don't know it yet they could they could become a brother or sister in Christ any time, any minute, tomorrow, in the next five minutes, thirty seconds. Who knows? So, we should definitely always treat everyone as if they already are. So, all right. That is the end of chapter four. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a terrific day. May the Lord bless you and watch over you, and lead you in His wisdom. And remember, God loves you.